Hello, this is Bernard Karras with another episode of My Movember, my very personal cancer story from 2013 when I was diagnosed with testicular cancer. Luckily, it was a very early stage, so I'm absolutely cancer-free, I'm fine, I'm great. And I'm doing this podcast, this very personal podcast, for encouraging young men actually to take care of their health. And I mean really young men. Even if you're 18 or so, please take care of your health. Testicular cancer strikes normally between 18 and 35. I was a pretty late victim, at least what my passport says. Luckily, my biological age seems to be pretty young. Nevertheless, I think that's important to talk about it. And I also do it to give a perspective to victims of cancer, especially of testicular cancer, but also the people around them, their family, their friends, the people they care for, and the people who care for them. I thought it's important to talk about that on a personal note and give you my own perspective. In the last few episodes, I told you about my diagnosis and the days after that. And yes, the day of the surgery came extremely quickly because everybody said we need to do that as soon as possible. And my doctor really, whom I found on the Friday before the weekend, was on the phone with all the hospitals in Vienna to try to get an operating theater. He found one on Monday. He wanted to do it actually on Friday afternoon, but there was no operating theater and team available to do that. So there I was on a Sunday evening going into a hospital which I actually knew very well, a small and very nice hospital in Vienna, where my dear mother was treated very, very often. And it was just before Christmas and so everything was kind of calming down. They didn't do much surgeries anymore. A lot of the patients actually have went home. Just the ones who couldn't go home were there. And there was a lovely staff looking after them and looking after me. A surgery called semi-castration is not necessarily something you're looking forward to. And to be honest, it's really psychological. I don't know who came up with the term semi-castration. It is a horrible term and I would wish that doctors out there find a much better term for that. Yes, it addresses your manlyhood, and throughout that podcast we'll return to that theme from time to time. I think that we, even with a term like that, we need to pay attention to actually support the psychological state of our patients, and it would have been so much better if somebody could have called it something differently than semi-castration, but there I was. A semi-castration is actually not a really big thing, luckily, because as we all know, the balls are actually far outside, so it doesn't need a deep surgery. And it was done very, very quickly. Still, it is always kind of a thing which makes, makes someone nervous. And what made me even more nervous was to see if, if they would find any more tumors um, or if they would find that the cancer actually has spread in my lymph nodes and so on. So there was a lot of nervousness when I went into surgery 
luckily my beloved partner at that time was with me until I fell asleep and that was an important support for me. When I woke up from surgery they immediately told me that everything was fine, my lymph nodes were fine, yes it was a stage 1 testicular cancer but they found it, they got it out all and yes it was just the same equestration so I lost one of my balls but not two of them which meant also that my sex life, the ability to have children would still stay intact. That was actually something I haven't thought about in all that um, before the surgery. My doctor made me aware of that and asked me if I would actually like to freeze some of my sperm. And I was so traumatized by the whole cancer diagnosis that I just didn't really think about it and didn't care for it and didn't do it. And nowadays I know luckily that um, from having read for example Lance Armstrong's autobiography that it's normally possible to have children after that if you ever wanted that. I was in the lucky position to have a great daughter by then and so kids were not necessarily on the top of my priority. But for the men out there who are younger, you know, freezing sperm is not the worst thing you can do and something I probably, probably would have done if it hadn't been everything in such a rush. Well, the news that everything went well was really good and I was stazing in my bed and suddenly I was dragged out of my bed again just to actually have a CT scan to see again if the cancer has spread somewhere in my stomach or into my lungs. I was still very dazy and really not in a good shape just because of the anesthesia but I did that and again the results came back fine. I saw my closest family in the evening on that day and it was lovely to have them around and I fell asleep pretty quickly. And then the next day, it was Christmas Eve, December 24th, and my daughter and her mother and my lovely partner came and we spent a couple of hours together until I did send him off to spend Christmas as we had planned in Upper Austria with our extended family. I thought it was really important for them to get out of it. They had just as horrific and bad days as I had. I couldn't join them, I had to stay in hospital, but you know, I think they needed to have fun and they needed to get out a bit and uh, see something differently and have the family to support each other. It wouldn't have made a lot of sense to spend Christmas Eve around the tired Bernhard in hospital. So I think it was a tough decision for them to be honest. Um, they didn't really want to go. But I was really insisting for them to leave and luckily they did and they sent me photos um, from out there how they celebrated and I was really happy to see that they actually had a good time and I think that was very very important. I spent my Christmas day or my Christmas Eve a bit different. Um, I spent it mostly on my iPad. I was dazing and dazing but I was watching um, TV series. I was watching 24. Um, this 24 hours crime series, um, which, or terrorist series, whatever, 
um, which is actually pretty exciting and it kept me awake a lot and I couldn't stop watching it. It's 24 hours, so it's really 24 hours, more or less. Um, so I watched it over the next couple of days and that actually helped me um, to get through that. I didn't have to stay long in hospital, everything went fine, so I could go home on the 25th and we had a second ce a celebration of Christmas um, at home. And hey, you know what? Celebrating Christmas twice is actually not that bad. And it was very nice and it was probably a much more intimate celebration, a celebration which was important for us as a family, as a patchwork family, and a bit to celebrate that kind of family and that kind of life. And so that was all good. The next couple of days were visits to the hospital um, for checkups and 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 but I'll come to that in the next couple of podcasts. Thanks so much for joining me today. It was a pleasure talking to you. And if you are a cancer victim, my thoughts and my positive energy and everything I can give is with you. And if you have a cancer victim around you, give them a big hug. They need it from time to time, even if they don't want to say that. Thanks so much. I hope you join me in the next couple of days and please also share that podcast. I think we need to spread the word about cancer and about the health of young men. And also look up Movember.com, which is a great foundation addressing these kind of issues. Thanks so much. Till soon.